to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. I mean, how many of you guys know the sun isn't that bright right now, and the dark days are kind of in the middle of some stuff? <clears throat> it's been a, it's been a minute since I've been up here preaching, um, so I want to kind of share a little bit about what's been going on with me and what God has shown me over the last month or so. But um. Since the last time I was up here, I've started a new career in real estate. Very excited. I have an amazing mentor, Louie. <laughs> Amen. He's very happy to take half of my money till I learn how to do it on my own. <laughs> Amen. Um, my mom passed away. And it was in, it was a, interesting time. She'd been sick for a while. My mother was on hospice for the last year after a stroke that she never recovered from. And, uh, but we've all gone through loss in the last couple of years, you know? So my, my, my heartache is just a little teardrop in an ocean of heartache right now going on in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to know that where my mother is now, you know, there's not a doubt about it. But um, <clears throat> how many of y'all, and they even preached about or sang about it this morning, about darkness. You know, God started talking to me about darkness. He talked to me about three things which I want to talk to you guys about today. I'm just going to kind of touch on them, and I'll go more into them at a later time. But I went to the conference with Charlie in New York a few weeks ago, and I almost didn't go because I got filled with an old foe named fear. A foe that I have fought since I was a kid before I even knew Jesus and who knew who Christ was. I used to have a panic attack when I was a little kid thinking I was dying from a heart attack. I always thought there was something wrong with me and my heart would start to beat and I'd freak out and you know, fear is an old foe, and as I became a Christian and learned, hey, maybe there's something demonic to this, maybe it's not just like, you know, a wacky thing about me, started fighting it and um, got my butt kicked a lot, got some victories, got some defeats, but um, I, it had gone away for years, it seemed like, and I've been doing good. And then what happens, you know, COVID breaks out, and, you know, everybody, God forbid you watch social media, everyone has COVID. Not only does everyone have COVID, but everyone's dying if they get it. And for someone that has the tendencies I have, that's not a good thing to, to see. And then I got COVID back in March. My whole family got COVID. My wife was very appreciative that I bought it home from a conference that I went to and gave it to everyone in the house, including my mother who was on hospice at the time. Um, you know, surely I thought I was going to kill my whole family, but... Um, Say what you want about it. I took ivermectin and none of us even broke a fever when we had COVID. Not even a fever. Um, I'm not going to get political though. So, but, I, but what I was trying to say was I, when I had COVID, I fought it. Like I said, no way. This is not going to bother me. We, me and my wife went every 
day to the beach when we had it. I mean, we socially distanced. We stayed away from people, but we'd walk in the sun. I would go into the water and just take the salt water and shove it up my nose and clean my sinuses out. And I, and I, I would run as much as I could and jog as much as I could, even though I was tired because I'm like, I'm, the worst thing you can do is lay in bed, they said, so I'm not going to do that. And I would neti pot, you know, and then I actually went, oh, I, I go overboard. You know, that's one of the things about me. I go overboard. So I was actually neti potting with hydrogen peroxide. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I learned this is a bad idea when, okay, I, I, I went through my COVID period and then I was negative for COVID, but all of a sudden everything smelled like a burnt paper when I smelled it. I mean, it was just burn, burn. I went to my doctor and I told him what I did. He's like, uh, this is why, idiot. <laughs> you don't, you don't neti pot with peroxide. I'm like, yeah, but I wanted to kill the COVID. He goes, well, you could have killed yourself. So, <sighs> I learned. My point in that story is to say, when I had COVID, I overcame it, as will 99% of people who did it, right? It's a serious disease. People have died. It's not a joke. But we're not to live in fear of it. So why was it that a few days before I'm ready to go to New York on this conference, I was in crippling fear that I had COVID, and if I went, I was going to give it to everybody. And God forbid I drove up there, I would have to go to an emergency room and I would be the guy in the ventilator, you know, on one of those TikTok videos saying, you should, I should have got my vaccine. <laughs> I should have got my vaccine. Um, so I, I was like, not going to go to New York. And, um, but I knew I needed to go. And it got to the point where we were in a men's group the week before I was going to go. And, and I started to manifest fear, man. And I, I went through some deliverance in front of the whole group of guys. I was like, can a Christian be possessed by the devil? I don't know, but we certainly can be oppressed, right? <laughs> like, and anyone who was there who saw me realizes that. Um, you know, there was some stuff in me that needed to come out. So we prayed about it, and it came out. And then I started to drive. And this all ties in, I promise, somewhere. <clears throat> um, God had told me when I was driving to New York that he wanted me to pray through every state that I went through. I'm like, that sounds so corny, God, but okay, if that's what you want me to do. He's like, not the whole time. You know, I know you want to watch your Netflix while you're driving, which I don't recommend anyone do. But, um, you know, give me a half hour through every state. And I said, okay, deal. So, and I did that. And he gave me three specific things through, through three specific states. But the attack of the enemy hit me again on the drive up there. But this time, God, it wasn't on the inside. It was on the outside trying to hit me, right? And so I was driving. I was praying. I was driving. People that have anxiety issues. And, and listen, and I talk about this anxiety stuff right now because we're in a time in our world right now where people with anxiety levels, they're, they're up here, you know? And my anxiety was up here. And... Uh, I called a friend of mine. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just talking me off the ledge. I'm just having a hard time. I'm praying. He goes, man, my brother had, he goes, first of all, Anthony, you had COVID a few months ago. You don't have it. And if you do, you have the antibodies. And, and if you don't, you bought your ivermectin, right? And if you do, he goes, my brother had it last week. He didn't even realize he had it until he got a fever. As soon as I heard that, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, I have a fever. I have a fever. And I'm driving, and I'm like, I should have bought the thermometer from my house and checked my temperature, and I didn't bring my thermometer. So, I mean, I'm driving. It's 2.30 in the morning. I pull into a hotel finally to get some sleep because I'm tired at this point. I've had too much caffeine, and I need to sleep, and my eyes are just blurry. 
check into this hotel, go up to the room, <clears throat> try to go to sleep. And I'm like, I start getting chills, like a fever chill. I'm like, oh God, this is just in my imagination. I'm going to go to sleep. I force myself to sleep. I wake up two hours later, uncontrollably shaking with fever chills. Uncon like teeth chattering, can't stand up. It's like, and I'm like, I must have 104 fever at this point. I have, I have COVID. I'm going to have to go to an emergency room. I'm going to be on a ventilator all because I went on this stupid conference trip and it's my fault. The devil really got me this time. And um, so I, I tried to take a cold shower and I could barely stand in the shower. I was so shaking and shaking with these fever chills. But there was something about it that I said, because I can talk myself down, you know? And I said, wait, wait, why am I not sweating here? Like, why is my bed not soaking wet? Like, if I have this bad of a fever, I should be drenched in sweat right now. There's no sweat here. What's going on? I said, okay, instead of going to the emergency room, which was my initial thing, I need a thermometer. I got to get a thermometer. My brain needed that. So, yeah. So I'm like, I got to, and I'm in the middle of East Bumble, Pennsylvania, and there's nothing open at 5.30 in the morning. And so I, I just, I got a pair of shorts on and my flip-flops and a shirt, and I'm walking like an 80-year-old man because I'm so sick now, and I'm starting to cough and, and, and everything you can imagine, you know, um, catching my breath. And um, finally find a Walmart that's open. I go into the Walmart. I get a thermometer, and I'm like, thank God, now I can at least know I have a fever. Like, what is wrong with me, Right. And um, I get in my car, put the thermometer in my mouth, beep, 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 97.3. Soon as I saw the number, no more fever chills. Everything's gone. And I said, you piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you tricked me, and, but gosh, I am sorry because I fell for it. And I said, this, what is this fear trying to keep me from getting there now? You know what I mean? And, but it wasn't on, and so as soon as I recognized it, I, I prayed about it. Now, I will say one thing. There are spiritual aspects to this. But also, if you remember that I said that I am someone who goes overboard on things, you know, I, I'm the natural kind of guy. So I take about this many vitamins a day now, you know, I just shove them all down. And there was one particular vitamin my wife takes sometimes, and it's to help with opening up your lungs and it's little drops. And, and the, you know, the bottle even says don't take for more than like three days at a time. You know, I've, I've been taking it for a week at that point every single day. But I'm like, maybe there's something in this med in one of these medicines that's making me so nuts. So I look at that particular medicine. And the first thing when you Google, it says, if you experience paranoia when taking this, stop immediately. It's one of the main side effects. It, it produces some kind of hormone in you that can cause you to freak out. I'm like, oh, okay, 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 stop taking it. Anyway, New York was awesome. <laughs> it was a great trip. I mean, other than that, um, you know, it's like, you know, that's other than, other than the shooting, how was the theater, Mrs. Lincoln? You know, it's like one of those things. But um, it was, spiritually, it was somewhere I needed to be, you know? I mean, I, I was able to, if you've never been to uh, one of these brothers' conferences, you got to go to one. It's And, you know, if you're a sister, you go too. It's not just men, but that's what they just call it, right? But, I mean, it's like, Every time I go to one of these, I realize that we've arrived in a place and we're not going there to get ministered to. We're going there to bring something to that area that we're at. 
And every time we show up at these places, they're always at this crossroad. Every church that we go to is at this place. And a bunch of guys just and women just show up, pour love into it, and we leave it way better than it was when we showed up. And it's just an amazing thing to be a part of. And going to one of these things, there's one in Titusville next month, and it's you know that's close. So if y'all can make it out there one night, it's definitely worth being at just to be experienced around that level of love. It's a, it's a love level, you know. It's it's family, you know. Somebody somebody mentioned it, you know. Even when we do our little, I have a little group thing that I've started to do, and it and it's not it's not church, but it is what the church is supposed to look like. It's just love, acceptance, and bring your stuff, and I'll bring mine, and together we'll. You know, we'll get there. But um, it was awesome. Charlie, as you all heard, you know, preached his I am the I am message. You know, he released that sucker in New York. And and, uh, when he, and I'll tell you, the first night he released it, it was powerful, you know. And then he got bit on the head, you know, and he prayed for somebody. And I came up to him. I was like, yeah, Charlie, so you start claiming that you are the I am, and then someone wants to eat your flesh. Like, you can't be too surprised about that. <clears throat> You know, the next morning he's preaching at this other church and the guy came to want to kill the preacher and, you know, Charlie leads him to Jesus. So, I mean, these things are just fun to go to. I mean, I'm having fun in the midst of this chaos, right? It's, it's amazing. But back to where God showed me some stuff. And I studied really hard for this message, like this whole thing right here. It's like three sentences. Because um, there's only three words he gave me about what he showed me while I was on this trip and what I believe he's going and getting and doing in our midst right now. <clears throat> and the first thing he started talking to me was about darkness. And darkness is like one of those weird words, like the darkness. And I was driving through Georgia and God said to me, Anthony, I need you to, oh wait, let me, let me go back to what's going on right now. A month ago, maybe a little less, I was driving, and God wanted to talk to me in my car. Like, how many of y'all ever have God wanting to talk to you? You know, he's like, hey, I want some time. And this was not Jesus. This was not the Holy Spirit. This was God the Father. And all of a sudden, I'm driving in my car listening to Climax Blues Band, and God's like, turn it off. I need to talk to you. And it just got, boom, my car got heavy, you know, and I'm like, what? I clear off my seat. I'm like, you're going to sit next to me here? You know, Charlie talks about that. Jesus comes and sits next to him sometimes. Yet to happen to me. But he said, no, we need to talk. I said, okay. What's up? And he said, uh, there are things about to come on the earth. Didn't say what. This is not like a, I'm not revealing anything here. So there are things about to happen on the earth and they're pretty heavy. Okay, God. Kind of obvious. I'm not sure this is not my imagination here. But no, it was God. It was the presence of God was there. And he said, do you want to come home? Or do you want to be here to deal with the mess? I'm like, he gave me a choice. Like, I'll take you home if you ain't ready to deal with it. And it wasn't like, I'm not doing anything bad. He's like, he's checking some of his people right now. And, and you know, after I got this word, I went to Charlie. I'm like, am I off here? He goes, nope. Had the same kind of thing. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, good. it's good to check with your elders and your, you know, people that are a little more mature than you. And I said, I, I thought about it for a minute, for like a half a second, because I, I'm one of these people that, you know, when I used to, when I first became 
a Christian, we all believed the rapture was happening at Y2K. Like that was going to be the rapture of God, you know. And then when that didn't happen, it's like, well, you know, I think it's probably going to be before 2004, but after 2003. So somewhere, I'm like, what are we talking about, right? But we had this, yeah, everybody knew the, the end's here, you know. And I was always one of these people that was like, I want to be one of the ones left behind. When I watched the Left Behind movie, I was like, I don't want my, fold, my clothes to fold neatly on the floor and I'm gone. Like, I want to be in it, you know. Um, my, the fears that I have, I, I fear the anticipation of events, but when I'm actually in the battle, I'm really good. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid of what could, like I was always afraid of seeing a demon, right? And then when I saw one, I just took charge over it. So it's like I'm afraid of, I anticipate fear, right? That's how it gets me. And um, so I was like, no, God, I, I want to be here. I want to be here. He goes, okay. He goes, this goes back to a word I gave you when you first became a Christian, when I asked you if you wanted the higher calling. And I remembered back 20 years ago when I became a Christian, and God spoke to me and he said, do you want the higher calling? And I'm like, what's the higher calling? And he said, Anthony goes, I've separated my church from the world. But there are certain people I give a higher calling to that I ask them to separate even from the church sometimes. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. Like you're calling me to be like a big guy, you know? <laughs> I'm already a big guy, but you know what I mean? And um he said he said, "No, you don't understand, Anthony. It's not about like it's not about rank. It, this is a serious thing and if you receive this and you run from it, you're going to die." So this ain't no joke. And I'm like, well, now I don't know if I want this, God. I start crying and um, called Charlie up at the time. He was Charlie was my mentor at the time. And gosh, I've known that guy for a long time, man. I'm blessed to be a part of this family with him. And he's a good dude. And um, he said, Anthony goes, all I can tell you, God wouldn't ask you if he didn't think you could handle it. <clears throat> so I said, so I, you know, as I, I prayed for a while, I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll receive this higher calling. And I never, he told me if I walked away from it, I would die. I never walked away from it, but I ran as far as I could from it as soon as I accepted it. <laughs> but, you know, when, when God has you on a leash, he doesn't let you go that far. He can reel you in, you know. But he said, he goes, he bought me back. And he goes, I am going to activate you. He goes, I'm going to activate a lot of my people. So that was a month ago. So I'm driving up to New York. He starts talking to me about darkness. He said, Anthony, I need you to pray because I am about to release the darkness. And I said, that makes no sense to me. Because you are light. In you is no darkness. He goes, I didn't, say, I didn't say that. He goes, I'm about to release the darkness, though. I said, well, you got to explain this to me, God. And... He said, well, what is darkness? And I'm giving him my best answers that I can give him. He goes, you don't understand what darkness is. Everyone thinks darkness is evil. But no, darkness is just where evil lives. So he said, go like this. What's in my hand right now is darkness. And that darkness is where the hidden things are. And they stay hidden. But the second I release it, light. Light will always overtake darkness. It's impossible. Light, even if it's just one fraction of a fraction of a percent that the light is more powerful, there will never be a battle between light and darkness. Light always overtakes darkness. 
And he showed me this. And he said, he said, I am about to release the darkness. And he goes, and I need my people to release their darkness, their hidden things. Because I'm like, well, God, you know, your word says that in you, you are light and there is no darkness in you. There, and he goes, yes, there is nothing. And here's the cool thing. He said, Anthony, he goes, there's nothing hidden in me. It's just that you guys have some darkness where you can't see it. That's all it is. There, show me one thing God is hiding from me, and I'll show you where God's a liar. He's not hiding nothing from us. He, through Jesus Christ, if we are in Christ, Christ is in us. He is in the Father. We are in him. We have access to everything. Now, we can only go as far as our faith will take us. So there's all this mystery. Well, why? How come when I lay hands on this person, they don't? I don't know, okay? And none of us know. If you know, then you're way better than any scholar that's ever walked the face of the earth. But things happen. But there's no darkness in God because there's nothing hidden from God. So in 1 John, starting in verse 5, um, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. We've heard that scripture so many times, but we don't understand darkness. So what we hear when we hear that is if we, if we claim to have fellowship with him yet continue to sin. That's what we kind of hear when we hear that. Darkness is sin. Darkness is evil. No, darkness is pretty neutral. It's just a place where, where sin hides. Um, so, if, if we, so in other words, if we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in hiding, yet we walk in our hidden places, we lie and do not live by the truth because the truth is, you know, the, the best thing Roddy ever said about me, and he said it last week for the first thing, he goes, you're very transparent. And, and I try to be. I try to live my life as an open book. My wife gets mad at me about how transparent I am sometimes with people. She's like, everybody doesn't know, have to know every time you sin, Anthony. I'm like, yeah, but it's okay because I don't care because if you're hiding your sin, you're still dealing with it. So there's a dark area in you, right? We have to stop being afraid of the dark. So, I, so you know, I, I was like, what do I name this, God? He's like, call it hide and seek, you know? Because we're going to get to the seek part soon. But right now we're talking about the hiding. So, so he started asking me and having me examine the areas of my life that's still dark. And there, listen, there is. Like, I mean, I might be transparent, but, you know, there's stuff that only the Holy Spirit knows, right? And, um, but, but, but almost like shame on me for that, right? Like, I mean, like, what, what am I hiding? You know what I mean? What are, what are we hiding? Like, how many of us are, the, the reason that the darkness is in us is because for whatever reason, we still have this mindset that we're somehow, our actions are somehow controlling how close we are to God. And if, God forbid, this ever gets out, they're not going to like me, they're not going to trust me. I don't care what you guys think of me. I don't care what my wife thinks of me. I do to an extent. I don't care what I think of me. I don't know. No, what I mean is I don't care what I think of me. It matters what he thinks of me. That's the only thing that counts. 
None of it, none of the rest counts. You can say, well, Anthony, the, you know, like Charlie always talks about the prophet is not recognized in his home, you know? And there's a difference when Charlie goes out somewhere to preach and when he's here. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you know what? I get that because they know you, they know your stuff, but at the end of the day, it's what God says about you that counts. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I don't care what you've done 20 years ago, 20 minutes ago, or 20 seconds ago, God says you are completely justified. He has judged you as not guilty through the lens of Jesus Christ. So you are not just a good person. You are as righteous as Jesus Christ in his eyes. So am I. So are we. That's all that matters. Now, telling ourselves that on a daily basis when we look in the mirror every morning and we realize what a mess we have made of things in our mind, we have to realize no accuser of the brethren. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to him. He says, I am this. He says, I am that. He says, I have a light and it always shines, always shines, never doesn't shine, doesn't matter. So I'm like, okay, God, this is a cool word. Boom, exposed to the light. And then light, and I got on this whole thing and the whole trip, and I was praying about it and writing all this stuff about down. I was like, yeah, the light always overtakes the darkness. And okay, so you got to release the darkness, but the darkness is so puny that it doesn't matter because the light is so big, and that's all good and, and great. And then I'm driving home, and it was funny because I, I kind of was like, I wanted Charlie to drive home with me. But he had a plane ticket. So even the day before, he said to me, he was like, right, maybe I should drive home with you, but no, no, I got a plane ticket. It's going to take you 16 hours to get home. I'm going to be home in two hours. I'm like, that's cool, man. So the morning I'm getting ready to leave, I get a phone call from Charlie Coker. And he's like, Anthony, did you leave yet? No, sir. He goes, I booked the wrong ticket again. I went to go check in this morning, and I realized I had a flight from Orlando to New York this morning, not from New York to Orlando. I'm like, that's strike two, Charlie. I'm like, this is the second trip in a row that you've done this. He's like, so it looks like I'm driving with you. I'm like, oh, really? No, I'm like, no, I'm like absolutely, man. This is awesome. So, you know, we, we get in the car and, and we're driving home. And I will say something. I will say, and I told him this too. I was like, at first, I was so excited to get to hang out with Charlie for a while. You know, I mean, I, I hang out with him a lot, but like I get to drive across the country now with this guy and it's gonna be a fun trip and man, we're gonna tell jokes and have a good time and about an hour into the drive, he's like <laughs> And he stayed that way almost the whole trip. He, he would wake up whenever I would get gas, he'd be like, you need me to drive? I'd be like, no, 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 go back to bed. <laughs> like, I got this. Um, but, you know, halfway through the trip, I realized, you know, I, I went from like, this is so cool to like, God, I feel honored to get to drive this man home on this trip. Like, you know, Charlie is, I'll carry your Bible anywhere you need me to carry it, you know, and I'll drive you anywhere you need me to drive you. And it was just, it was, it turned from cool to like honor. And it was really interesting. But around 10 o'clock at night, we're somewhere in, one of the Carolinas, and it's dark out. You know, it's dark out now. And me watching my Netflix. So, see, sometimes at night I have to turn the, the screen down because it's so bright hitting me in the face, I don't see that well past it, right? <laughs> I'm transparent. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, I'm driving a 95, and um, the only thing I can really see, there's not really anybody in front of me. Like It's a pretty open road, but there's cars coming towards me on the other side of the road. And all I see are these lights coming at me, you know, car lights. And then God starts talking. He goes, remember what I said about the darkness? I said, yeah. And, and like Charlie's sleeping when God gave me this revelation, but it like was one of those revelations where I got like the oomph, you know what I mean? And Charlie wakes up. He goes, what happened? He goes, my baby jumped. What happened? I'm like, something cool. I'll tell you about it later. Go back to bed. And um, he said, Anthony, sometimes there's a lot of darkness, and you're surrounded by it. But my light will shine anyway. And he, and he, he, gave, me, he, he gave me another vision. He goes, he goes, one little flashlight is not going to illuminate an entire dark room. But anyone in that dark room will be able to see that light and know where to go find it. And I was like, ooh, that's when I got the oof, you know? And, um, and that's what I think by releasing the darkness is happening. I, I saw this little, this little cool thing is for us, release your darkness. The other thing is the world that is, everything is hidden right now. All their, the sins are being hidden in this darkness. And it, 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 listen, when the dark days come and the sun isn't bright, is the world in 2021. But I will be shining because I have a light. And, and those who are trapped in darkness will see that light and have an opportunity to come to us. So what do we do when they come to us? You know, that's a whole other message I'm not getting into right now. Sort of. Okay. <clears throat> Second thing God talked to me about as I was driving through North Carolina was the prophets. Dun, dun, dun. Right? I mean, the prophets are, oh, the prophets, the prophets, the prophets. Right? And he starts talking to me about, the, we're a prophetic house for crying out loud. Like, you know. We have, I, I coined the frame, char, the, the, the phrase Charlie uses now called church yoki, which is when during a good worship service, everybody wants to give a word, so it's like church yoki. And, um, but God told me very, this, and I was like, why are you giving me a word about prophets through North Carolina? Because everything, I, he was like, oh, because Morningstar, there's a lot of prophets in North Carolina. He was like, this is a prophetic area. He goes, but I got a word for those guys. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And he goes, and I got a word for my church. He said, I'm about to bring judgment on the prophets who preach out of their flesh, who prophesy out of their flesh. And I said, well, what does that mean, God? He goes, what is prophecy? And I'm getting my definition from Merriam-Webster. Give me one minute. Definition of prophet. One who utters divinely inspired revelations. Speaking for God is prophet. You know, it's funny too. If you do a quick Google search about like prophecies in the New Testament, there are none. It doesn't go to any of them really. Other than like revelation, but like prophets of the New Testament, it just still goes back to Isaiah, Joel. You know, it doesn't go, you know, because, and then if you look at, it's weird looking in Luke 16 where it says the word used to come through the law and the prophets but now we're under the the good news of the kingdom so it's like okay so what do the prophets do they speak for me they still speak for me but some people charlie preached one time he goes if you have and if you have an issue of having to have a title you have an entitlement issue you know so i know a lot of people who say that they are prophets 
And they walk in the office of the prophet and they will tell the pastor what he need and need not do. And I'm like, you are in trouble. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, man. Because the bottom line is this. If you're, first of all, I said one time, and I say it again, do not read someone's mail, which is what prophets like to do. I'm going to read your mail. I read his mail. Do not read someone's mail unless you're willing to help them pay their bills. If you are prophesying and that prophetic word does not lead to reconciliation to Christ, you are prophesying out of the flesh. You are prophesying pre-cross stuff that does not apply to the world today. If your prophetic word is not about the love of God, the kingdom of God, the good news of the gospel, I don't want to hear it. Huh? It's got to be about this. And this is love. This is God's love letter to us. This book. I mean, it, it, listen, and well, well, what about, what about what Joel said? What about what Ezekiel? I mean, Anthony, you have Ezekiel on your arm for crying out loud. Okay, I get it. I get it. But we have to look at things in context of when they were spoken and how they were spoken and who they were spoken to. And those things do not apply to me as a born-again believer. If you're not saved, all that stuff applies to you. You're going to hell. Like, it doesn't matter. You're done. You're toast. But when you become born again, we are no longer under the law. We have been reconciled to the law through God. So the prophets, I mean, I'm telling you right now, this was a, this was a word about what they're doing. And they don't, It's listen, it's not an evil spirit thing. They're not doing this out of, manipulation they're not doing they think they got something going on because they are hearing from god like i'm not saying they're false prophets it's not about being listen god will tell you hey this person's got this 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 going on in their life how do you react to it is what god's going to judge you for now okay yeah i see somebody committing okay i'm going to use a friend of mine i'm not going to mention their name a friend of mine who was going through a divorce at the time and he was a very he was a born-again believer but he was extremely uh, verbally and emotionally and mentally abusive to his wife at the time and they were going through stuff and she was calling him every name in the book and he was like well i'm a man of god and you'll listen to me when i say what and he was just being a complete silly person okay so i went up to him and I said, I got a word for you, man. And he's like, he's like, okay. I'm like, dude, this is who you are. You are so-and-so, son of God, lover of Christ. You're an amazing husband. You're an amazing father. You carry the anointing of a businessman. You carry the anointing of, of, of blessing for your family. So why then are you manifesting blah, 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 blah? That's not who you are. That's the lie. But who you are is this. Check who you are, line it up to what you're doing, and figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And I led him back to an understanding through that. That's prophecy. That is going to someone and saying, hey, God showed me this issue. Uh, and you know, and God, and, and that's, that was a friend of mine. If God showed me that issue about a stranger, I wouldn't even mention what they're doing unless God specifically told me to. But I might just go to that person and forget that first part and say, hey, God says you're this, 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 and he's so proud of you, and he just wants, wants you to walk in the fullness of this. Because am I lying? Like, that's what God would say, I think, right? Like, I'm pretty sure. 
Like, it's not hard to understand how to prophesy over someone. You speak as God would speak to them. The worst person I prophesy to is myself. Like, Anthony, you are this, 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 this. It's like you got to stop that, right? But it's not hard. In fact, we overthink it. In fact, why do we think it at all? This morning as I was getting ready for on the way here, I was trying to ask God, I'm like, is there anything I'm missing? Is there anything else I need to say? Is there anything else I need to do? Da, da, da. And, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I got this scripture. And God's like, Anthony, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to be prepared, God. He's like, has your life not prepared you for this? <laughs> like, 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 you know, he's like, and he showed me something really cool this morning. He's like, stop preparing here. And understand you're already prepared here. Give this up when it comes to ministry. Because if you're relying on this, you're relying on me, me. If you're relying on this, you're relying on him to speak through me. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I don't even got to prepare anything. He's like, stop. (laughs) You know, but, and I, listen, I love having the relationship I have with God. You know, and, and, and I've come to an under, because of who my spiritual father is, Charlie, I've come to an understanding on how I can and can't talk to him, to God. You know, I say things to God sometimes that other church people are like, and you haven't been fried yet? I'm like, no, no. I, I mean, I've threatened God before. Um, you know, I've told him if he doesn't do this or that. I, one time I said, if you don't do this and that, God, and I was really mad. I said, not only will I stop serving you, I'll be your biggest enemy. You want to go, big guy? Like, I mean, I was, but my heart was desperately in pain. I was like a, I was a wounded deer on the road. I was wounded, and my hurt was screaming at my creator, why am I hurt? And I'm blaming you. That was the reality. And the whole time when I was yelling at God, threatening him, and all this stuff, I saw him after I came through it, and he just sat there the whole time just, I love you, man. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm big enough to handle your nonsense, Anthony. You know, I, I love you anyway. And, and sometimes when I preach, when I talk about that in church, people get that same reaction, like, oh, oh. And I say to them, listen, and I'll say it now. All of you have thought it. None of you have had the guts to tell him you're thinking it, but he knows your thoughts anyway. So I just get it out real quick and have my big fight with him. And he, it's like a little kid. He's like, I'm like, oh, he's got my head back. And he's like, all right, come here, son. You know, I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> but, but, but because of that, I have a relationship with him where when things are going good, I can say, God, you know, things are going really good today. It's it, 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 my relationship with him. It's, it's very... You know, and there's times when he comes in, and, you know, it's kind of like someone told me one time about the president, you know. We'll, we'll use uh, John F. Kennedy. Well, John F. Kennedy was president. He had his, his little kids. And when there was a business meeting going on, the little kids, but when there wasn't, they could come and crawl on the desk with their dad. And they could do stuff. So there's an understanding of when and how to talk to God and when you need to talk. When God came in the car and spoke to me that day, it wasn't like this, I was going to fight you God thing. It was like, ooh, okay. You know what I mean? So understanding that. So understanding how to prophesy over people is, has got to be through reconciliation. That's, if there's one thing that my heart is always for, it's reconciliation. There was a time when, when Charlie first had this building, 
and there were certain people here that didn't get along with Charlie over it. And there were some fights going on. But I always was about the reconciliation. And I, I called that prayer meeting. I said, we need to have a prayer meeting with these other leaders. And we need to get together. And when we had it, I said, why don't we do a joint service at some... I want people to get along. Because, my God, we have all the answers. And yet we're so divided, we lose. It's so insane when you think about it, what we have and how weak we are. And I understand in our weakness, he is strong. That's not the weakness I'm talking about. I'm talking about the weakness where our light, we don't allow it to shine. We put sunscreen on. We wear black clothes so no one can see our light. We try to hide it. For God's sakes, we have the truth to a dying world. We have the answer to COVID. We have the answer to all these things, and we're so busy fighting over whether we should speak in tongues or not that the enemy, the enemy doesn't even have to try. He just laughs at us for the most part, right? He doesn't even got a battle. He's like, oh, these guys will kill themselves, you know? But like, when, if we can grasp it and understand that it's got to be about reconciling people. The Christ, somebody once said from this pulpit, he said, the thing about the Christian army is it's the only army in the world that kills its wounded. Come on, how many times do, have I been guilty of it? We see somebody going through something and we're like, yeah, I knew it. I knew that they had that. You evil man, you myself. I have to look in the mirror and say, all right, what are you doing to bring him back to me then? He ain't mad at me. These people, listen, when we fall away from God, we don't fall away from God. We fall away from religion. We fall away from a church. We fall away from some hypocrites in the church. And we get disgusted with what we've seen. We get disgusted, you know, when we see how the sausage is made, it grosses us out and we don't want nothing to do with it. Okay? I've been there. I've been there. I've been there as a worship leader. I've been there in different areas of my life in the church where I've seen how insane it can get, and I wanted nothing to do with it. So what happened? People who were part of the church system that start to understand the kingdom, when they get exposed to the kingdom, say, it is my job to kill the church now because the church has screwed up so bad. That's not our job. Our job is to bring the church up because it is his church. They are, it is his bride that we're fighting for God's sakes. When I was in New York a, a few months ago, I was driving and, 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 and I just saw, listen, New York City, God love them. It is so insane in New York City. I mean, you think Florida can be like a little bit hectic. You can see nothing yet. Okay, I mean, and I, and I would look at the people as I was driving through Manhattan and walking around Manhattan, and I literally saw like they were zombies, like they were like there was dead in their eyes, like spiritually I could see it. And so I'm praying, and I'm like, God, okay, I get what you're saying, but like look at this place. I'll never forget when I first became a Christian. Real quick story. You know the scripture about if if men don't. Praise me, the rocks will cry out. And everybody says, that's an earthquake. When you see an earthquake, it means there's not enough people praising God. I'm like, okay. And, but I didn't, I didn't know at the time. I'm like, really? And so I said to my friend, I said, well, how come then New York City never has an earthquake? And he just looked at me like, I don't know. The next morning, New York City had a 4.3 magnitude earthquake. And I'm like, ooh, wow, okay. And I'm not even sure I believe that's what that scripture means, but it was pretty interesting to me at the moment, right? And so I'm sitting there, 
And I'm praying. I'm in my car at a red light. I'm like, God, what are you going to do about these people? I'm just, I mean, when I'm looking at these people, I'm near Times Square. I'm seeing just people dressed in drag, just drug deals going down, prostitutes here, homeless crack addicts. I mean, I'm just seeing the whole shebang at that moment. I'm like, what are you going to do about this area and these people? And God said, what area or what people? I'm like, these people. Oh, you mean my kids? What am I going to do about my kids? Well, God, they don't, they don't serve you. They're not, they're not your kids. He goes, oh, so Jesus didn't die for them? I didn't buy them? They just don't know it? They're ignorant? Didn't Jesus say, forgive them for they know not what they do? Can you tell them that? Forgive them for being stupid because they don't know what they do because I forgive you all the time. And I'm like, ugh, this is going to be one of those lessons. And he said, but, but it, it, it's interesting, but your heart melts when he starts to do this, right? It's like, oh. And he goes, Anthony, I love them so much. But all my church does is take the arrows. The enemies, the enemies, the, the arrows to the enemy. Boom, you're going to hell for this. Boom, you're going to hell for this. Boom, you're going to hell for this. Well, you know, but... Doesn't God love gay people? No, he hates them, and I'm going to shoot you now. I'll get to it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> like, what are you, they're reaching out. They, you know, they're in the dark, and they see the light. So they're like, is this light? And they were like, no, this light's not for you. It's only for, not till you've gotten your life together is it for you. You can't have my light. And um, he said, Anthony, they're my kids, and I love them just as much as I love you. They don't know it yet. But if you're going to ask me what I'm doing with these people, how are you going to reach these people? And what do you mean this area? Is this not my area? He said to me, I'm like, New York City is your area? He goes, yeah, the whole world is my area. <laughs> tell me somewhere I'm not, and I'll tell you where I don't exist. <sighs> okay. I get it. And as I started to pray for those people, I saw little glimmers of light in their eyes. Just little. Wasn't there yet. They weren't there yet. But I saw the light in their eyes. Every one of them. And I'm like, oh, you're in there. You're, you're somewhere in there. You're in, you gotta be in there. If you're not in there, then where are you not? You know, like I said, tell me where God's not and I'll tell you where God's not. He's everywhere though. He loves us no matter what. My good deeds don't make me any closer to God. When I screw up, it doesn't make me get away from God, other than in my mind. If I'm literally in him and he's literally in me, tell me how I'm away from him ever. <laughs> like, good luck. You know, and that, now that's a mental thing we have to keep telling ourselves sometimes. I think a lot of what we do in Christianity is to convince ourselves, right? <clears throat> so that leads me to the third thing he talked to me about which is holiness. Holiness. It's a process. No. <laughs> it's something we do. No, it's not. Holiness is actually a judgment of God. He said, you be holy as I am holy. It wasn't an instruction. It was a judgment. I am calling you holy as I am holy, is what he's saying. Our works don't make us holy because holiness is not a work. Holiness is being set apart for God. And if you're a born-again believer, you're, you're holy. 
And God said, I'm going to change people's understanding of the definition of holiness. And when he showed me that, I saw, I was like, Poof. and this was, I was driving at this point through Virginia. <clears throat> and, um, okay, and it, and it was because of the virgin. Okay, I get that. <laughs> okay, I was in Virginia, and we need to have some virgin eyes put on us. And he said, um, he showed me men and women preaching the kingdom, and they were very blue-collar. Like, all I can say is I saw somebody preaching the gospel to the lost, and they had a beer and a cigarette in their hand, and they were preaching the word. And he goes, I'm changing what people understand that holiness is. Holiness is not something you work toward. Therefore, let's go to the before the therefore part. Everybody knows that scripture. Therefore, prepare your, prepare your minds for action. Be holy, right? So in 1 Peter, I'm going to go back a little bit. And he's talking about the prophets. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that they have spoke of, things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy, all of you. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We are holy because he is holy. When he spoke, be holy as I am holy, I believe that was in Isaiah. He was telling them something. Christ came. He lived a sinless life went onto a cross, died for our sins, rose again. And now I can not say, be holy as I am holy. I can say, I am holy as you are holy. Because I am in you. I lived with you. I died with you. I was resurrected with you in a way I don't understand. But it's got to be true. Because if it ain't true, then none of this is true. So if, that's, if it is true... Even when it comes to darkness, John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish. Well, if you ever look up that word perish in the Bible, it doesn't mean die. It means to stumble around as in the dark, not seeing where you're going. So if God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whomsoever loved him shall not keep things hidden and shall not be hidden in the dark. There's something about being transparent. There's something about releasing the darkness within us. There's something about 
prophesying the truth to people. There's something about knowing that you are holy, not trying anymore to be holy. It's None of this contradicts anything in the Word. It's just a little perspective change in understanding how to see it. It's all, all any of this stuff is. Nothing... Not, not, the, the I am that I am that Charlie preached is nothing new. There is nothing new under the sun. It's just a, an understanding that we're starting to get. And believe me, people had that understanding thousands of years ago. Somebody had it. It might be released corporately now in a bigger way. That's all that this is. <clears throat> God told me about revival. And this can go for New York or this can go for Deltona. It don't matter. But we've all been searching for revival. We've all been searching for the next move of God. My gosh, when I first got saved, me and Charlie would go all over the state to different preachers trying to get something going. So, oh, where's God moving now? And then you see breakouts in Lakeland. And then you see breakouts in Toronto and Brownsville. Man, I had so much fun as a young Christian going to Brownsville. Oh, it, was, it was some of my best times, man, getting into that. that. See, now, Worship-wise, like if it was up to me, we'd be doing like Brownsville worship every Sunday. That's like my thing, you know. Great is he who's the king of kings. That's my style, you know. Choir. I would have a choir, <laughs> but that's just me. But, um, but what God showed me was he goes, people have always looked for revival as God shows up somewhere and stays there, and then revival happens. And that's what's happened because that's where our faith has been put. And our faith is like, okay, if we can convince God to show up here by doing enough intercession, enough prayer, enough this, then God will show up and there'll be a move of God. And that's all good because that's worked. Anything will work if you put faith in it, just so you know. Wherever your faith is, is true to you. But what God showed me about the, his next move and the end time move is not going to be where people beg God to show up somewhere and he shows up. It's going to be when the people's eyes are opened to see he has always been here. That's the next move of God. When we stop looking for him to show up and we say, you've always been here. In fact, you've been in me. It's an understanding. It's, it's just it's like an awakening. An awakening to a new truth. That's all that this stuff is. And when we really comprehend it, I mean, it's easy to say it, and I've been meditating on it, but it's an, I, I don't think I've comprehended it yet because if I did, I'd be doing a lot more than I'm doing. If I truly, you know, okay. Somebody came, <laughs> the, the folks that left after worship, right? Somebody came up to me this morning, and they're like, hey, there's some folks here that had COVID a couple weeks ago. You might want to wear a mask. They had COVID a few weeks ago. They're here, I don't, I, I don't know. Everyone, I don't even know why they came to church today. Like they had COVID a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh my god, COVID. okay. And I'm like, I'll just stay on the other side of the church. I'll be okay. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I, my wife immediately masked up because that's what she does, and I love her because of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there getting coffee with with Preston, and we're talking about it a little bit. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. What has happened? to the church where we're like, there's sick people in our building. Oh no, what do we do? What are we going to do, guys? There's illnesses here. Like, come on, what is wrong with us? 
What's wrong with me? That's like, listen, you got COVID. This place kills COVID better than any vaccine, better than any Moderna. The blood of Jesus Christ, it can't live near it. And no, you're not setting me up by saying that to get COVID, guys. <laughs> you know I mean? But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the truth or it's not, and I gotta believe it is. Now I'm smart. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not running up to to crowded places and hugging people. I'm keeping my distance. I'm not a fool. But at the same time, I ain't gonna be. I can't be in fear of it anymore. I can't. We can't. We are we not the answer? If we're not the answer, let's shut the door now. If we are the answer, I mean, I'm not saying we should put a sign up saying, if you got COVID, come here. But what I'm saying is, if you got COVID and you come here, it ain't going out with you. It's going to die on this altar the same way your sins have been forgiven, the same way everything you has has been killed on this altar. Altars are bloody places where things go to die. Golly. And here we were, freaking out that there were some people. They had it two weeks ago. They don't have it anymore anyway. We're like, why, why would they even come? <sighs> oh, my God. I mean, Jesus himself, he said, he goes, if the sick are among you, lay unless they have COVID, then get as far away as you can, right? Isn't that what the scripture is? Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. I don't remember it all the time. But it's a reality. And, and like I said, it's a serious thing. It's not a joke. I'm not saying this to make light of it because people have died. People we know. It has taken people out. But yet God still is true. And yet greater is he that is in us. For those of you that weren't here in October of 2019, right before COVID hit, I preached a sermon. And when I was preaching the sermon, I don't know why, but the spirit of God hit me. And I said, you know what? The gospel is, I said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is like a virus. It's like a pandemic. And the way a virus works is it attaches itself to a healthy host and it spreads. We need to spread the gospel of Christ like it was a virus going worldwide. Two months later, it was the wrong way. So then I started preaching about becoming a millionaire. You know, because I'm like, if this works, I got to make this work. But no. It's true, though. Listen, greater is the virus in me, Jesus Christ, than the virus of the world. And if you don't understand, and, I'm, and people think virus is, eh, eh. no, virus is an organism that t- attaches itself to a living host, needs that living host to, host to spread itself. That's the virus. That's the gospel. We are, we are filled with the gospel. And how does that, how does the virus spread? You sneeze on somebody, it gets in their way. Okay, so let's sneeze Jesus on people, not literally. Okay? (laughs) Do not go into Walmart and start sneezing on people, or, you know, you're on your own, like, serious. But you know what? Let's spread his virus to people. Let's infect people with the love of Jesus Christ. The problem is, is just like a virus, even the love of Jesus Christ, we try to take medicine to, to, to put it down. We try to vaccinate ourselves against it by works. Well, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good today. I can, go, I can go witness today, but oh, yesterday I messed up, so I, I can't do nothing anymore. I'm in darkness again. Stop. Stop. He, he loves us. And this gospel is all about love. 
So to wrap up, we have hidden. Now let's seek. Let's seek the truth. And it's never ending, guys. Listen, this is a little tiny revelation of something. And there's much bigger revelations to be had. And in the times that we're going into, we are going into a time where it's going to be dark out and our light is the light that people are going to see. We are going into a time when, when governments around this world and even in this country are starting to do things that are anti-God. Forget anti-liberty. Forget anti They're anti-God. And, and it is our job to stand up to that. Uh, do I pray for my leaders? When, when, yes, I do. I pray for my leaders in the church, Charlie and the elders. And, and, and I pray that our government comes to its knees and realizes that we have all screwed up. Because I'll get off my soapbox after this, but I will say this. If you worship the American flag more than the flag of Christ, you're part of the problem. If you think Donald Trump was the give-all-all answer, you're part of the problem. I don't care whether Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or the devil himself is the president of our country. I serve a king in a kingdom that oversees all of it. And that's what counts. It doesn't matter the rest of it. So, Father, help us. to illuminate the darkness within our lives. We know that you are light and in you there is no darkness, God. But we all know that we have areas, chambers within our spirit, within our souls that we haven't let the light into. And we all have different reasons for not letting that stuff be exposed. <clears throat> Who's ready to release that, though? If you are, didn't repeat after me. Father, I have had darkness in me. Things that are hidden for one reason or another. It don't matter. But today, I realize there's no room for darkness in my life. So open me up. Let the light disinfect every area of my being, of my soul, of my mind, will, and emotions. Father, I ask you, when I speak for you as your prophet, as your emissary, to speak words that will lead those who are in darkness back to the light. And Father, just as you are holy, I am holy. When I walk, when I talk, I am holy. I am set apart to do your will. Help my actions catch up with my reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net where you'll find resources such as a calendar, 
media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.